America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage, we're wearing leather, we're being slapped around a little bit, and oh, God. I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. American Sex with Ken Melvoinberg and Sonny Megatron. Ken, do you know what I discovered this week? What did you discover this week? I am on... I mean, no, I don't know what you discovered this week, but what did you discover this week? <laughs> so I'm on Twitter, right? And I'm, I'm searching hashtag American Sex, trying to see like, oh, are people talking about our podcast? Oh, cool. Did you find out something good? Mm, I found out there were lots of people using the hashtag American sex, I did not find out about something good because it wasn't about us. What was it about? It was pertaining to Donald Trump, Ken, because apparently when he talked to the Boy Scouts at the end of July, he meant to say American success and fucked up and said American sex. So To, to Boy Scouts. To Boy Scouts. Listen, listen. Each of these leaders will tell you that their road to American sex. Wait, listen one more time. Road to American sex. Road to American sex, to American sex, American sex. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so like my first thought was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Everyone's using our hashtag. That is great SEO. And then I was like. Are we going to use that in the intro now? I don't know. But I was kind of like, my third thought was like, what? You know, get our name out of your mouth, you horrible, horrible man. <laughs> Uh, I know, I know. All right. Anyway, on with the show. So, listeners, as you may or may not know, Ken and I are pleasure products experts. We've tested, what, hundreds and hundreds of toys, even helped in the development of a few. Some were even successful. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> we, we had a couple of fuck failures, though, oh, let me be God. honest. You know, when, you, when you're testing a the sex toy, air, when you're testing air. a sex toy, and, like, you jump up and go, oh, my God, I think my dick is bleeding. Like, this is not all fun and games, kids. This is not all fun and games. No, it sucked my scrotum right up and, like, turned it into, like, pasta on the end of a fork it was terrible yeah but let's not think about the toys we hated let's think about the toys we love if a lot of people ask me you know hey what's your one favorite sex toy and i really can't narrow it down to one toy can you no i could probably do it with a handful of toys but not just one toy okay so give me one of your current handful of favorite sex toys ken you know what the one that i like the best that i just tested recently was the wonder a wand it's a cordless high intensity vibrator sort of like a hitachi wand but it's we actually did a blind test side by side with a hitachi wand and the wonder o wand now not only is it does it have solid silicone going from the top of the cone all the way into the neck but it was more powerful so we had this really interesting sensation that when you press down hard on your taint or on somebody's clit that you had a lot more play with it than you would with the hitachi and you're saying that it's really good for external prostate massage right it's amazing for external prostate massage that's why do you think I I have that thing by my bedside table. All the <laughs> I was going to say, you didn't even have to tell me that because it's always out in your office all the time. Yeah, that's <laughs> because I'm a master 
Bader. <laughs> You're from that office. Working hard. Working hard. Hardly I want to make a hard on joke. I fucked it up. Anyway. All right. So one of my current favorites is the Mimic by Clandestine Devices. So this thing is a little external clit vibrator that kind of looks like a stingray, like the ocean sting, like stingray in the ocean kind of. That's really sad. I'm thinking about Steve Irwin. Because that's oh. what murdered him. You put <laughs> Steve Irwin's murderer on your clit. <laughs> but this Think about murders that. my clit in a good way. Like, it's killing, like, good. I don't know. That didn't work. No, seriously, this thing is amazing. So I use it for clit stimulation, and it's like the best flicking tongue ever. And I, those of you who watch my YouTube videos know that I say it takes a jackhammer to get me off. So this thing is powerful. Do you know what these two toys have in common, Ken? Death? No, not Steve Irwin and Death. <laughs> not Steve Irwin, not Death. No. Uh, they both get you off. Yes. And, and you can get both of them or almost anything you buy at castlemegastore.com for 20% off by using our special code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. But you know what else is happening at Castle Megastore this month, Ken? Castle Megastore's 30th anniversary sale and giveaway. Ooh, I need to add like some sound effects like giveaway, way, 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 way. It's Sunday, so exciting. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's so exciting. You might not need your entire chair, but you'll definitely need the edge. Oh. No, but really it is exciting because during the entire month of September 2017, you can shop Castle Megastore's $30 for 30 days toy rack sale in store or online at castlemegastore.com backslash 30FOR30. And in stores, you can get 10 for $30 panties or 5 for $30 DVDs. Plus, the week two secret special has already started from September 8th through September 14th. Get 30% off Mighty Wands and Champions Dual Density Silicone Dildos. Plus, 30% off in store purchases of Dream Girl Package Lingerie. Ken, can you talk to me like that in bed? Like, like I am going to get you off, 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 off. Can you do that? <laughs> can I stick three fingers in you, 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 you? I hope that's not, I'm causing that echo because, well, anyway. <laughs> but really, my favorite part of this whole anniversary extravaganza is the giveaway. <laughs> Are you snorting? I am. Did I make you snort? You totally no, really. Snort. I enjoy the giveaway so much because I am a cheap ass. I love winning free stuff. So anyone that makes a purchase of any amount at Castle Mega Store, in store or online, I'm talking any amount, like a dollar, you are eligible to win one of 106 luxury sex toys and pleasure accessories valued at over $100 each. And they are from companies like WeVibe, Fun Factory, System Joe, Jopin, Lalo, or the maker of my newest favorite, the Mimic, Clandestine Devices. Poor Steve Irwin. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. And I put the emphasis on fucking. Ooh, it really is. Thanks, Castle. We have got an amazing interview for you today with sex at a go-go legend herself, Dirty Lola. But before we roll with that, I want to mention two things really quickly. I'll give you a little Lola interview glossary, if you will. So in the interview, you're going to hear us use the phrase POC a few times. That means person of color, if you hadn't heard that before. Also, we name drop this mysterious guy's name a couple of times, Kevin Patterson. Yes, Kevin is a man of mystery, and but hopefully you'll find out more about him soon. <laughs> Kevin is actually the founder of the website Poly Role Models. He's also an all-around swell guy, so you should check him out. 
You know what? Maybe we should have Kevin what? on. I think we should have we should ask him to be on. We should, but maybe we should have talked about that before we're on the air. <gasps> like so now we have put it out there to the universe and what if he says, Fuck you? And then we're gonna look like assholes if we're he says totally no. You know what like you know what's gonna be like? What? It's gonna be like, okay, this is sad. Sad music. Oh, I cue the sad music. In third grade, when no one showed up to the only childhood birth by birth. <sighs> Do that again. I hate my childhood birth bites. <laughs> Sad music again. Start over. In third grade, when no one showed up to the only birthday party that my mom ever attempted to throw for me. Nobody showed up. <laughs> that was really dramatic, and then it wasn't. I, I forgot what I was saying because I was concentrating so much on the draw. Wait. Cue the sad music. Oh, Jesus Christ. In third this grade. Is the fourth time with the sad music. In third grade. In third grade. When no one showed up to the only birthday party my mom attempted to ever throw for me. It was a day filled with cupcakes and tears. I'm fapping at this point. <laughs> a day full of cupcakes and tears? Yeah. That's like lube. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's get to the interview. But before we get to that, please, listeners, don't forget to subscribe to the American Sex Podcast and also review us on iTunes or, you know, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Also, tell people on social media, like Twitter, you know, tweet us at tag American Sex Pod. Or if you're on Reddit, talk about us on Reddit. That gets so many views. It's great SEO. Redditors, get to it. Do it. And also, I think my new band name is going to be Cupcakes and Tears. Aww. Cue sad music. Cue sad music. All right. <laughs> Shut your face. You yeah, know what? Lola. You know what? We're trying to impress our guest. We're trying to impress our guest. I know. So Dirty Lola. That'd be nice. Dirty Lola. Who? Dirty Lola is a storyteller. That's a good intro, right? An edutainer, <laughs> a sex educator, a sex toy peddler, and the creator and host of the live sex Q&A and variety show and podcast, Sex Ed A Go Go. During the last six years, she shared her distinctive brand of kick-ass body and sex positivity and her personal journey into the kink and polyamorous lifestyles with the masses on and off stage. Lola has taken sex at a go-go across the country from New York City to Los Angeles and beyond. She has presented at various conferences and expos such as Catalyst Con, Woodhull, the Sex Expo, and AVN, and during Sex Week at Baruch College, Hofstra University, and the University of New Mexico. When she's not hosting sex at a go-go or teaching folks about pleasure, kink, polyamory, and sex positivity, you can find her behind the counter at Shag, a sex shop in Brooklyn. Welcome, Lola. Hi, Lola. I sound fancy. Yeah. Well, you are kind of fancy. I tried to say that with my announcer voice. <laughs> Do you approve? I do. You read it really well. Nice. So we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Listeners, uh, so you know how kind of how we make the sausage is we had a conversation with Lola about, hey, you want to be on the podcast? And we came up with what is now the title of this podcast, Why Your Dick Should Care About Social Justice. <laughs> And we're going to be talking about a few other things, too, but that's our main focus. And Lola, I have to tell you, I was like, this is brilliant. We left. We're like, what a perfect title. And then I'm like, oh, but is it going to give people the wrong idea? Like, like it's not just masculine-centered people. It's not just dicks. But I don't know. Dick just 
it sounds it's funny when you say dick. So why your genitals right. should you, care you know about what? social Some, justice? Sometimes it can just be about the dick. Sometimes really, sometimes really, sure. yeah. But but all genitals have to care about social justice. Are we implying that only people with dicks don't care? We're saying no, it's yeah. people with no. dicks need to care. <laughs> people with dicks need to care more about social justice. Ooh, I like it you. Is our responsibility this is why I married as, you. As, this is our responsibility as people that have any kind of privilege, whether it's dick privilege, whether it is white privilege, whether it is cis privilege, that we have to step up to the forefront and we've got to be the ones to say, you know what, line in the sand, motherfucker, no, you you go no further. It stops right here. Mm, I like I, that. I do. I'm a little moist. Okay, so <laughs> I feel better about the title of this book. He's <laughs> already working. This is why your dick should be here about social justice. <laughs> oh my god yes i just got that yeah because my dick foo is strong because you're, <laughs> you're you're gonna get more action if your dick cares about social justice even though that's a joke it's really true right so why lola should our dicks care about social justice oh i mean besides the fact that it'll just make you a good person <laughs> well it should just be the default i think, it, I don't think yeah it, you know i mean I, I kind of like I get that people like to label things and I I'm I use labels often but I I feel Are you like, a millennial? <laughs> am I a, I don't know. I'm one of those what do they call us where where I'm I'm a millennial but I I had a rotary phone. <laughs> like I had Ooh. dial up and my grandma like I used a rotary phone like I know how to actually use a real telephone. Wow, that's kind of impressive. Yeah, like I had I was I'm 81, so I had a phone with a cord <laughs> on it, but also I know how to use an iPhone properly. So I'm I tread that line where I'm like, am I? I don't think so. You, you like, might be the generation just before. You have you have one foot in each generation. Well, they call like, us something else. Like they're calling us like old millennials or like uh, first Z. wave or I forget what they're calling. They they gave us a goddamn name. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like people say social justice like it's a dirty word when really it's just we're asking people to care about shit they should already be caring about. That everybody deserves to live a healthy, happy, safe life as they please, uh, as long as it's not hurting or killing or maiming or taking money away from anyone else wrongfully. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I feel like people that ap apathy is was like so 90s. We're over that. We kind of can't just go, ah, whatever. I don't care anymore. It's like you need to care because you're a part of the problem if you're not caring. I mean, that's what got us here anyway. That whole apathetic, whatever. I don't need to care if it doesn't bother me. And like, look where we are now. Right. And and I think I've seen a lot of commentary when it comes to, you know, sexual subcommunities or sex spaces, or even just the subject of sex ed or talking about sex is come on, why do you have to bring race into it or economics into it or, or, or economic status into it? Everybody likes to fuck equally. Like sex is the equalizer of everybody. And really that's not true. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, yes, we, you know, a lot of us do like to fuck, but why do things like, you know, race, a 
ability, uh, economic class matter when it comes to sex and sex ed? Because when we don't think about those things, then we, we're leaving people out. Just take planning a workshop. So if you plan a workshop and you're not thinking about ability or economic status, you may price your class at a point that makes it unattainable or unattendable by a whole set group of people. Um, if you don't pick a space that is accessible, then you're telling point blank a whole bunch of people they can't attend your class just by the spaces that you choose. And if you're, if you market in a way that doesn't reach a diverse group of people or in the way you market your, your things, like if you just go with the stock image of white people's feet in a bed for a polyamorous workshop, then you're telling a bunch of people who aren't white that maybe this workshop isn't for them. And it's like all those little things that people who have privilege and don't have to think about those things on a daily basis or aren't confronted with it because they are the default. They don't think about it. So it's, it feels really easy to say, well, why do we have to do this when you're the default class, when you're the default race, um, when you're the default anything? So it's super important to have to bring those things in because it makes you stop and think about like, oh, who am I leaving out? Even if I'm not meaning to leave people out, like who am I not including by picking these spaces or using these images or even talking about using gendered language? Like who am I leaving out when I do these things? So we have to pull those things in so that we're not leaving folks out. You know, I think that's a, a really, really good practice. And it's interesting that I started doing the same thing years ago when I noticed more for TV in movies how everybody was a white male like it was rare to find somebody who was a female lead and then i was like well wait a minute how come there's no people of color why isn't there any black folks or anybody who's asian like there's there's nobody in the major roles except for what are apparently white cis hetero normative folks and then i'm like oh my god like are we doing that in our classes and i started to take a look at things like stock photos and things that we're using and it really really became sort of an awakening thing and for me i don't know why the trigger of tv and movies happened but like it's now every time i watch a show i count the number of people of color that are in it just to see are they in a a not major role are they are, are they focusing is this a storyline that has to be white centered is there some right. reason why it has to be that way and from what i can tell it's just pure laziness it is it's laziness i mean it's laziness but also there is race can change a story but i think that's also something we don't address like without it being a stereotype you know, like it's either got to be like in the what was it the '90s? We had all like Boys in the Hood and South Central and Juice and all those movies, yeah. And it was black focused, but everybody lived in the fucking ghetto. I grew up in the suburbs, like that's where I spent a good portion of my life was was in the suburbs in the South. I'm black. That didn't speak to my experience as a black person, but any movies about the South were all white centered, and you know, it's so race can change how something is perceived or also race can change how a story runs because of experiences are going to be different based on your culture and your background and how we grew up. And it is laziness because people don't do the real work to see how putting a person of color in a role might change it without it turning into like a stereotype. I had a conversation with Kevin Patterson. We were talking about, um, oh, what was that show? The awesome. 13 Things. Was it oh, yeah. on Netflix? 
the 13, you know, with the girl and the suicide. And we had a real conversation about if that was a black girl, she wouldn't be doing this. And we talked about like, we're not being mean or callous. It's just when you come out of the womb and every day is something and every day, like all these things are happening to you, you, you're, you're so used to it and you have a skin by the time you reach being a teenager. Like by the time I was a teenager, I had gone through so much shit in my life that somebody calling me a slut is not going to, wasn't going to make me slit my wrist. You know, like I had had so much life trauma by the time I was 13 that that wouldn't have been the thing. And so that was our real conversation of that's a lot. That's for a lot of people of color. Like we go through a lot of things very early in our life. Um, so that by the time we reached that, like watching something like that, while it was sad and it broke my heart, I really couldn't connect with this character because I was like, well, you know, I was molested three times before I was 10, 10 years old and my mother abandoned me and, and left me in South Carolina with her grandma. And, you know, like I was abused as a child and like all these things. And I'm like, yeah, that wouldn't have been the thing that made me sail over the edge. If I'm not dead yet, that's not going to kill me. Right. Like that's, that's my thinking. Even watching it as an adult, I'm like, mm, like this is sad. And I think that that's stuff people don't pay attention to. Um, or read it, you know? Yeah, like, I, I'm like trying to put my myself in the mind of the listener right now, because what is it, something like 63% of the US population is white. Right. And I hear from a lot of people who consider themselves very open minded and not racist, but they're like, hey, you know what? I live in a completely white community. There are no black people in my community. Sure, I want to be inclusive, but they kind of have a, you know, this doesn't apply to me because, yeah, I don't have any, I'd love to have a black friend, you know, like I want to be friends with people of other cultures and other uh, varying abilities or whatever, people who are LGBTQ. But guess what? I live in a town where everyone at least presents themselves as very hetero, you know, cis normative, white, I don't have access. So they kind of say like, so this doesn't apply to me. So what do you say to that? Uh, I say to like, I mean, that's true. There are people who are never going to ever leave where they grew up and then they may grow up in a place that's predominantly white and they may not have to deal with people of different abilities or ever deal with somebody who doesn't use, uh, you know, varied pronouns. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't know what's going on in the world out there or in people's lives. And also it doesn't mean you shouldn't try to be better. Like what happens if one day you do like go somewhere or visit a place or you move or you have this amazing opportunity. Google exists. The world exists. The internet exists. So that's not an excuse anymore. I feel like when we were growing up, the world really was like wherever you were. I don't feel like it's like that anymore. You know, like your your world is as big as you want it to be because of technology. And so I think that's a cop out. Like you may not see somebody on the street every day, but you're running into people online who are POC of different abilities, who use, you know, are gender neutral, whatever. And so to not even try to figure out how to coexist or be better when you're running into them in these internet spaces, or even to be able to have empathy for what they go through by, by just at least listening. So even though it may not be something you get to practice in your day-to-day life by listening and going, okay, so I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying and this is awful or, you know, I need to 
at least do better in my heart because you may not live in a place with black people, but believe me, you're voting on shit that affects black people, i.e. the president, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, that yeah, matters. Definitely. So your, your votes at the end of the day, make or break, whether somebody lives, gets to stay in this country, gets to serve their country, like those votes matter. So th- I think that's where that comes into play as well. You know, and that sort of leads into my next question for you, or more about like, I don't know, I'm going to start with a comment. I am not a racist, but I benefit from institutional racism because I'm a white presenting person. I said this on Facebook publicly, and I believe that all white presenting people are racist, but are not racists, if that makes sense, in that we, right. in, you know, that we benefit from institutional racism. And what that really means is it doesn't mean that I am actively seeking a dislike over or thinking that I'm superior in any way, but I use white privilege in a way where it is used to my advantage frequently, and I do it intentionally, and I'm benefiting from racism in that way. What is your comment to very fragile white people that say, I don't see color, I'm not a racist, and I'm telling you right now, I am a racist because I'm I'm benefiting from institutional racism. Right. Does that make I, I sense? Mean, I don't want anybody to think I'm a Nazi. I'm not. I am completely liberal. But this is, you know, I'm definitely on the privileged side of everything in the universe. Well, even for myself, I have a, a black dad and a white mom, but I present more as white. So there are certain situations in my life where I'm read as a person of color where I don't benefit from white privilege. Mm-hmm. But I would say for me, the majority of the time I do. You know, so even myself being technically a person of color, I also feel that I benefit from white privilege as well. Yeah. So what do you, oh, yeah. what do you think about that? Well, is, do you think that's accurate or is that full of shit? Like what's, what are your thoughts? I think like, I, I don't think that it's full of shit. I think that it's people have this very black or white um, way they look at racism. <laughs> um, it's like people think, Racism means that you're calling somebody the N-word or that you're spitting in their face or burning a cross in their yard. People don't understand that racism has layers and nuance and that it it means more than just those very out and out things. Like you may have a black friend. I mean, you may have more than one black friend. But it if you sit and think about like if you're in your neighborhood and you're walking and you saw a white person in a hoodie, are you going to say, what are you doing? Or if it was a black person in a hoodie, are you going to say, what do you do? You know, things like that, where it's it's just the way we've been conditioned. I'm going to say like, I, I was conditioned the same way. I have so much light skin privilege. I am light as fuck, depending on where I am. I'm either um, Hispanic or not. Rarely do I get pinged as black when I had. Oh yeah. Like the racially ambiguous, like, uh-huh. I know you're not white. I get the, I know you're not white. Right. But, uh, but I can't figure out what you are. You remember the game you used to play? But you're white enough. You're white enough. But you're from enough. somewhere else. Like you're from somewhere exotic, so it's okay. Exactly. <laughs> well, Sonny, do you remember the game we used to play when we first started dating? Oh, yeah. We would play, like, guess what race Sonny is. I would get anything from like, you're are you half Polynesian <laughs> and, and Latina? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the variety of guesses I got. And then... Like, very rarely would somebody pick black. <laughs> no, no, that's not true, except for the black people. The black people, oh, they know. They own they, you. It's right. white people that are like, what? White people, or, no. or for me, like, 
for the first people still do it. People walk up to me and start speaking Spanish to me all the time. I had somebody Well, especially with the name Lola. Right. Right, exactly. Or even my muggle name has like not a, a, an American sounding name to it. So people speak Spanish to me. Um, I have, I am the person people look for apparently when they need instructions in Spanish, which breaks my heart because I can't tell them where to go. Um, I get, and I get that a lot because I, I look approachable. I also look apparently Hispanic. And I've had people argue with me that I'm not black or and that that I'm lying. And I'm just like, I'm leaving. I don't have time mm-hmm. for this yeah, I get like, give me family pictures. Give me proof. Right. Give me. And yeah. that's the stuff that's racist. So that that's the thing that people don't get. It's like you're racist. Like you, it's one that you think all black people look alike or that they don't have skin tones. It's also not understanding the fact that do you know why I look the way I look? It's called fucking slavery. Like I look like I look and they're black people with fucking blue eyes and blonde hair because of slavery. Like that, that is our gene pool. Our gene pool is highly varied. We have so many shades from very light to very dark because of slavery. It's, it's just what the fuck happens and people not wanting to accept that or listen to it or, you know, things like that. Like I have family members who are super light there and both parents are, you know, black, but they don't look like it because slavery. But people arguing with you or not wanting to listen to those things or my favorite, well, I like to think of you as white. Yes. Well, that's yes. not fun or fair Wait, that, or, or right. Thing? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, You know, I've heard like. I'm, I'm completely unaware of this yes. as a thing. That, I don't seriously. think of you as black. You know, you may be black, but I don't think of you as black. Yeah. Oh, or I, I still love you, or I, you're still my friend, or you you're more. Oh me? yeah. Oh yeah. I speak. Yeah. I speak white. Like this is my my white voice, apparently. And and Lola, <laughs> and you're Lola. so well spoken and oh, articulate. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, yeah. I just said gosh too. That doesn't help. <laughs> oh my golly, gee Whitaker. Yeah. Or like I was a kid, and this, but this even goes into like my family, and this goes into how people are conditioned. Because I was into alternative music and rock music and I have never been, not that I have anything against people wearing weave, but that just was never my thing. And my family would call me white girl because that's just, I guess, how I read like wide leg leg jeans and a Nirvana t-shirt and my hair parted in the middle and black nail polish and I got deemed white girl. Like that was it. But this was coming from the mother who refused to let me like, I don't have a Southern accent because it comes out when I'm angry, but I don't really have a heavy twang because my mother refused to let me speak in that way. I'm, I was never allowed to drop letters like Sunday. Oh, Monday. was ain't the baddest word in your house? Ain't was the baddest word. Well, now I use ain't so much because I'm like, it's in the fucking dictionary. Thanks. And y'all, I've, <laughs> but I've then, reclaimed but my then again, and my y'all. So is irregardless. And, uh... Right. Well, it's true. But I look at those as I've, <laughs> those things to me, that's dialect. It's the way people right. speak. And I, you know, grew up thinking that that was the wrong way to speak. Um, and I shouldn't use those, the, the words and the things that I grew up hearing because I'm not going to get a job if I, if I did that. But that was coming from my mom who then still called me white girl. So right. people right. are so, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. But yeah, so this is, you know, you get light skin. I talk like this. People go, Oh, I, I would get all the time. I used to work at a real estate management office. And when they'd come in, they, they'd look at me and they go, Oh, I thought you were white. Why? 
<laughs> Why? Like, no, I'm not. Hi, how are you? Pay me your rent. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Well, Lola, we're going to take a break. And when we get back from the break, I want to talk more about like, okay, so we're talking about this and it's really important, but why should this matter in our sex and relationships? So everybody just hold a second and we'll be right back. Hey, I just want to remind you about the giveaway that Ken and I are doing this month for American Sex. During the month of September 2017, you can win a Fun Factory Darling Devil silicone vibrator and a hybrid battery kit worth over $100 for hardly doing anything. No purchase necessary. All you got to do is leave a review and subscribe to American Sex on iTunes. That's it. Email me a screenshot at americansexpodcast at gmail.com and you are entered into the contest. We're going to do a random drawing on Monday, October 2nd, probably live on social media. So watch our Facebook and maybe you'll win. And guess what? The odds are really good. We started this contest at the beginning of September and not that many people entered yet. You can get in on this. You know how good the odds are? This is way better than Vegas. Come on, go ahead. If you want to find out all the details, all you have to do is go to bit.ly. That's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash darling devil. That'll take you to the contest page with all the rules and maybe you'll win. Good luck. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle mega store when you get your sex toys you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like oh my god give me water that was the best orgasm ever and we're back (laughs) hi everybody and we are talking to dirty lola today now i think we were going to get back to the subject of I wanted to say naked clothes on the bed. That was talk during the break. No, we're getting back to the subject of why our dicks Dicks. or or respective genitals should care about all of this social justice stuff. What does all of this race stuff have to do with, hey, I want to go out on a date with you. I want to fuck you. Let's have a blowjob. Like, don't all those things fall by the wayside when it comes to sex and relationships? Or do they? No. Because (laughs) I have had... It's, it's not, it's also, it's one, I am attracted to people who are woke. And when I say woke, I don't need you to be out marching the streets. I just need you to kind of know what's going on in the world and like have a good grasp of what's, of what's going on in the world. So we can have those kind of conversations. That's number one. I like to talk about these things. It's clearly an interest. It's a thing I do in my life. So to be able to have conversations with somebody and have somebody see me, um, and be on the same page is great. Two, it's how you interact with people. So especially being of alternative sex, I'm into kink and polyamory, being in those spaces and a lot of times being the only black person in the room, which happens often, or one of two, it's how people think that they're allowed to interact with you. So being told, you're my first black girl, will get you, I will walk away from you. Being told, are you sure you're black? Uh, <laughs> while While we're making out, uh, my nostrils like like, just flared really slowly. I'm like, whoa. Because that's happened to me. Like, literally, <laughs> like, I've had people do that kind of stuff. And when it's, 
or in kink for me, somebody wanting me to be their slave, I still am not good with that. Like that works for some people and I don't yuck other people's yums, but no, I'm sorry. I do play with white folks, but you're, I'm not going to be your slave. Can't, I, I'm just not there yet. I'm especially not going to let you call me your slave while you whip me. Uh, no, like if you want to whip me and tell me I'm a good girl, that's one thing, but we're not going to play fucking roots at, in the dungeon. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, that's not for me. And I'm not into race play and things, but people just assume that you are if you're a black person and you're partaking in kink. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm not. So all of those things matter because it's people help how you're going to deal with people and how you're going to interact with people in a respectful way that doesn't make them feel uncomfortable because it's, we're, we're all already doing something that's not, even though it is in the mainstream to a point, it's not in the mainstream. It's still taboo to be into these things. Even polyamory, people still like make faces and look and do things. So when we're trying to create intentional communities around this stuff to make people feel uncomfortable when they're already feeling like an outsider is just like the worst fucking thing you can do. So not knowing about these things and not being into social justice means you're not really paying attention to what's going on in the world. And that means you're not going to be taking care of somebody. You're not going to be taking care of the black people in the room if you try to act like race doesn't matter and you look around and you think that it's okay that you have two black people in the room of 200 white people. Or when you keep calling the one black man you see you think it's one black man, but really it's three. And you're that fucking dense that you can't get that they're different people and they don't look anything alike. That's why these things matter. And that's happened to a friend that happened to Kevin, Kevin, every, every fucking conference Kevin goes to, there's usually another black man and they get mixed up for each other. Oh no. Yeah. And it's like, they don't look anything alike. <laughs> man, that would have been a problem of it. Sex down South. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there were so many people of color there that it was like, if you're, and it's just, you know, I mean, who are they? I don't understand who they're going to confuse Kevin for. Right. Well, I just, I, it, it's just that kind of thing. He doesn't, he doesn't look like any of the other people that, of color that I know that are also sex educators that go to these events, like, a, you know, Orpheus. Right. They Doesn't don't look, look like, like each him. other. They don't sound like <laughs> they each don't. other. I mean, they don't. They don't even have the same kind of style. <laughs> it's like no, not the not same thing. I mean, I got mislabeled as Melina Williams. And y'all know Melina. <laughs> oh, I remember I that. Look like, oh, my we God. don't look like each other at all. All we are not even close. No, no. total different shades of brown, <laughs> total total different hair colors. But like, yeah, well, she but she was blonde. She at the was time, blonde right? at the time with tight. Curly she wears black. Like also though, I had a name tag on in the picture, <laughs> I had, and it was a big name tag. It wasn't little. Like you could clearly read it. It was in the center of my chest, like right between my boobs. And my Did name Becky was on it. you just think you were being edgy or something? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and wearing somebody else's name tag? <laughs> right. Like, oh, look what she's doing. Uh-huh. But that's the thing. Like, stuff like that is why it matters. Because if even if you're not running an event, but you're just interacting with somebody at an event, even if it's just to chat, if you are somebody who says stupid things like, I don't see color or why does this concern me? You're probably going to be somebody who also makes these faux pas that while they don't seem huge to you because they don't happen to you regularly are very big for someone who may go through this. So if I show up in a space and there's no brown people, there's no fat people, I'm probably going to leave early and I'm not coming back. You've lost money. Lately, there, I mean, not just, this is not lately. This is for all time and forever. Sex clubs have had an issue with 
having enough POC there and uh, having issues with weight limits in some instances. I don't know if you've like run into this at all where people are... Like a like, lot of swinger uh, events. Body mass index. Like they actually take your BMI before you can go into the club. Yeah, I, I heard of that, but I haven't run into it personally because that would get somebody punched. <laughs> I mean, that's just... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's awful in a way, but like, I'm kind of a chubby chaser. So I'm like, yeah, give me all the fat chicks. Fuck yeah. You don't want them there. I'll take them all. We'll make our own sex club. Right. We don't need to go. We don't need to go there. But like, how would you, how would you address this issue for the club owners? Like if there's a club owner listening, how would you get it across to solve issue number one, which is I'm a person of color. I want to see people that look like me. Even if I'm not fucking somebody that looks like me, I want to see other people that look like me. How would you address that to them so that they can get it through their heads that that's a thing? So first off, I am not somebody who thinks that everybody has to do things to accommodate people or make people happy. That being said, also realize that... But should they label it that Well, way that's what I'm saying. So yeah. So if I don't feel like you need to make... If you don't want to make your space accessible to folks with different abilities, fine, don't. If you don't want to make market to people of color or people of size or people that aren't a part of the gender binary, if you don't want to do that, fine. But don't dare call yourself fucking inclusive. Don't you dare use the worst diverse in any interview you ever fucking do anywhere, don't. Be like those old, stodgy, fucking, all-white golf clubs in the fucking South who are like, we are all white, and it's our prerogative to be that way. We can do what the fuck we want to do. And you know what we call those places? Racist. And they still do what they do. They make their money. Their money is only circulated amongst their people. They don't get other people's money. And I'm fine if you want to shoot yourself in the foot and if you want to be that way, but I'm going to call you what you are. And that's the thing is be ready for me to call you a racist space. Be ready for me to say that you're sizist. Be ready for me to say all these things, these shitty things about you because I'm going to do it. And if you're fine with that, go for it. If you don't want that to happen to you, then you need to listen to people and you need to make accommodations and you need to make changes. And you also need to actually do those things and not just say that you're doing those things. So that like that, I don't ever want anybody, if you want, if you want all thin, white, beautiful people, then say you only want thin, white, beautiful people. Believe me, you're going to get some backlash. You might still make some money. You may not close. That's fine. But after in the long run, you're not going to last because when you're not cool anymore, nobody's going to come come to your place and you've now shunned everybody else. And so you're going to be fucked. I mean, that's how New York runs. So... (laughs) You know, it's it's like that's where I kind of am right now. I have a problem with p- people using the word diverse when they're not really trying to be diverse or when they're tokenizing. Right. What do you say to people who on their dating profiles, let's say, have and not an out and out like, oh, I like where no, this is going. No black people a lot. But people are like, you know, I'm really into Asian chicks or I'm really I'm not into, you know, Latino men or whatever. And they say, Wait, I have a question. That's because those are two separate things. I have a preference for a thing or I don't want this thing. So which of those two? Like if you had to focus on either that? either like, you know, where where do you draw the line with that? Where, where or when, if ever, is that okay? And, and where, if ever, is that not? So, uh, the thing I, and let's, let's assume this is like an okay Cupid right, sort of profile. Right. Like just sort of have a baseline. Preferences are perfectly fine and okay. 
I don't have a problem with people having preferences. And there's many reasons why people have preferences. Sometimes people have gone through some trauma. And so it's hard for them to be with people of, you know, like that look a certain way or may present a certain way because of some shit that happened in their life. I'm not here to like judge that. I think what's shitty is like when people spell out like put no black girls. I get that all the time. The people put no black girls in their profile. Like I did a sugar daddy website. I can't tell you how many. I like finally went out because every sugar daddy that was on the website pretty much wrote like no black girls. Wow. Hey, I'm a Splenda daddy. Hey, uh, Splenda daddy. <laughs> Splenda daddies are great. Splenda daddies will get you those Payless shoes that you really want. I'm telling you. Hell yeah, we will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> $19.99 or less. I baby. love Splenda. Listen, I am a cheap girl and I like Splenda daddies. Um, but they, they put things like that. And I think that's where that is like just you're not talking about a racist you're real um i mean a, a preference you're just saying like i don't want to deal with black people like mm-hmm. i don't want that and i think that's where that comes across as shitty i think if you have a real preference there's ways to put it out there without actually saying like i want i'm really into asian chicks because here's the thing if you write that asian chicks aren't going to date you they're not going to see that and go, right. ooh, somebody for me. But if you... Because, you know, and, and, and a lot of people will be like, well, no, really, I just naturally have a preference for Asian chicks. But that might be because you've been raised in a society that says they're very subservient and, the, you know, all of these racial stereotypes. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's... And you don't even realize that... that that's what it is. But if, it, if that's what right. your preference is, don't put it in your profile, then make that who you who you approach like you putting in that in your profile believe me i'm gonna say nine times out of ten is gonna make somebody just walk away from you that's not gonna make them want to date you like when people tell me i like fat girls bye i don't like you know i mean it's something to be like i like people with a certain body type or whatever but when they put like i fat chicks welcome or i like i'm like uh-huh i'm no so so did i just screw myself no like no chicks? because it's you say like you said i'm a chubby chaser which is different well it's also you're but you're also not on a dating website and you're not being that's crude true and about i wouldn't it. put that on a dating site. and i know you so if i didn't know you and you wrote like Fat chicks welcome or something like that. It's going to make me feel like I am a fetish and not that you just, do you know what I mean? Like there's qualities, but are you fetishizing me? Are you going to see me if I lost weight? Like if we started dating and I got really thin, would you not want to date me anymore? Those are the things that I'm like, I think about. I know so much. I think too much when I'm going through fucking dating sites, but those are things people get. Like you don't have to put that shit out there. I have preferences. I do not write them out. Why? Because those people are not, are going to see that and be like, what the fuck is your problem? And not want to date me. And also you never know somebody like that you think you don't prefer who might go outside of what you normally prefer. You might click with them. But if you shoot yourself in the foot by just like going ahead and writing some bullshit, then you're, you're just fucking yourself over. But also, I feel like that serves as a warning to me. I mean, I've had guys who write like, no, no, sorry, no black girls, and then contact me because they don't know I'm black. And oh, I love how I had, I went out, like I got to the point and I met somebody for coffee, but I didn't stay. I just, I just showed up and was like, just so you know, I'm black. Bye. <laughs> just to, just to just stick so it to you them. know, this is my sister. She's dark skinned. We're the same mama. What? Like, wow. Cause I'm a bitch. And what was their reaction? He just looked at me like, 
uh, and I was like, bye. I ordered a coffee and I left. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, see you later. You should, I got so I got other things to do because it was so shitty. It's like you don't even know who you're dating. Also, you didn't read my profile because I put like that's in my profile. <laughs> it's in there. It's in my description. You know, I never get any play on any of those dating sites because I think people are way too intimidated by me. I don't I don't get a lot. Like people rarely respond to me. Yeah. Men who fucking say, Oh, well, I write to women all the time and none of them none of them respond to me. The men I actually write to, I've had two men respond to me out of all the men I've ever written to. Wow. Yeah. I yeah, I just get I get you get a million. Hey, no, but I don't get anything good. Well, I get people that reach out to me, but not like the people I reach out to don't respond back. Right. So I I don't reach out to anyone because I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I should, you know, I should actually change my profile because I lead with, I'm going to dunk your head in a toilet and fist you in the ass and that'll be our first date, which is, I think, the first I, thing that I, I had. Yeah. For real, but you I, had more success after you changed your profile to, to that. To that, yeah. yeah. I, had, I had a couple more bites in that, but still people are very You're intimidated. Like, oh. No, I get, I get, hey. Wait, you know, I, I oh. couldn't hear No, I was just like, people are just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I get a lot of hay. I get a lot of insult. I get like sex, you know, like I want to fuck you and then I'm, I ignore them. I got one recently, like somehow my, I, my OKCupid, I haven't touched it in years and my mailbox got full. So nobody messaged me and I was like, cool. I'll just let it sit and die. <laughs> and then I think they expanded. Yourself. Yeah. I ghosted myself. <laughs> I think they expanded the size of the mailbox because all of a sudden, like a week ago, I started getting all these messages again and I got one that was like, well, you're certainly full of yourself and like to talk a lot. What a long profile. I think you're hot. Want to go out? And I was like, really? All the negging. All the negging. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you remember, I don't know. Do you remember that guy that I put, I like put him on blast, but he basically said that like I would date him because I was a black girl who hated herself. Oh, <gasps> yes. I remember that. <laughs> no, you wait, just like I did, went I did, off. I didn't, I didn't hear about Oh, this. tell so the So he, he sent me like a message and like he was negging me and can you define negging for the negging audience, is basically where you say a bunch of negative stuff and then follow it up with like a request as if like saying like, oh, you could stand to lose a few pounds. Um, Want to go on a date? Like people do shit like that because they make you feel bad about yourself and then you, then they ask you out and you feel like, oh, well, but somebody likes me. And that's like one of those techniques from the people that like are... Like pickup artists. Yeah, pickup yeah. artists, right? Yeah, I think so. I guess that's where that bullshit came from. So <laughs> so he reaches out to me, and his first thing was like, me and my friend like to share... Like, he basically just asked for sex off the top, which is, I'm automatically going to just, like, fuck with you from that point over after that and just, like, make you miserable, because I hate when people do that. No hello, no nothing, just, like, I want to fuck you, and so does my friend, and da-da-da. And I'm like, why would I want to do that? Like, I don't even know who you are. Like, why would I even know? And then he was like, well, let's be honest. You know, you're just, you're one of those black girls, you know, one of those people who just really hates herself, so you're going to date somebody like me because you don't have any sense or self-worth. So, you know, like, you're going to sit and do this, but then you're going to come suck my dick anyway. And it was just like, what? Oh. 
and he kept no. going. He kept going. Like I reported, I ended up reporting him to OKQ. Like I put it everywhere, put him on blast. Of course, he wasn't using. I don't even think that was his real picture. Um, his real name, real picture, OK Cupid. Like I apparently they banned him, but who knows if they really ban anybody or let people back. They wrote me an email saying that they had banned him, like that he was no longer allowed to be on the site. And I was like, okay. But yeah, stuff like that. Like that isn't that shit happens so often. <laughs> oh, that is awful. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful, but people think it's gonna work. You know, Ken has an expression of throw a bunch of shit up against the wall and see what sticks. I think that's the dating version of just like... Oh, definitely is. Yeah. just You know, like I get all these crass messages and dick pics and either A, they just get off on completely offending someone and maybe that's their thing. They just want you to be like... But some of these guys really think it's going to work and it's got to work sometimes. You know, otherwise they wouldn't try it. I'm sure. Yeah, it's probably the only way they're getting laid. But that's and so this is why your dick should care about social justice because this is what has happened. So I've gotten things like that, and I don't give a lot of people the chances they probably should deserve. And I've had conversations with people about that. Like I've had conversations with men who feel slighted that I have a lot of boundaries placed around how I respond to people, whether I respond to them or not, like how I speak to people online based on all these things that have happened to me. And while it's not fair, and I'll be the first one to say it's not fair that I'm not going to message you back if you don't message me just the right way. But also at the same time, I've been abused a lot online, like not in a way that has actually made a difference in how I it didn't ruin my self-esteem, but it has made me very like, I'm not dealing with this fucking bullshit. I will cut you. You don't know me um, when it comes to that stuff. So that's being woke and being better. That's why these things matter, because then you can, one, step in when shit like this happens. Like if you have a friend who's doing this shit. Tell him to stop doing this shit. I know guys talk to each other. Like, I know locker room shit. Like, your lock part of locker room is that you're sitting and laughing at the dumb bullshit you, that each other do. But what if you stopped laughing about, like, this misogynistic asshole activity and you actually stepped up and said some shit? Like, what would happen? Maybe women would fucking start responding again on dating websites. Maybe we'd put ourselves out there. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you have men who send you, like I had somebody send me, I put it in, I copy and pasted it and put it in Word so I could see how many pages it was. It was equivalent to a four page single space Word document. And he had, and it was his first message to me. And he sat and wrote about how fat and ugly I was and awful and and shitty and all these things four pages and at the end and he said and you're still gonna suck my dick even after you read all of this i mean all these guys must be getting this from one pickup book or something or it's not even a pickup book it's just nobody is nobody is saying what the fuck is wrong with you it's just like you know my gay friends when we're out and we see somebody in a questionable outfit you don't have a friend like who let you leave like that that's the they do, you don't have friends if you if you're letting your friends do this you're not a real friend and that's how I feel like when I get these things I'm like who's in your life that lets you fucking do this bullshit you know it's funny like we actually did that at Wizard World where we went around we looked at the number of unfortunate Harley Quinns that somebody oh. in the house looking like there was like one really good Harley Quinn in very creative and all the rest were just. Like somebody let them dress like that. Like who let who let you leave the house? It's like who let you try out for American Idol? 
No, <laughs> or, or Suicide Squad. Right. I'm not sure which one. Who let you do this? No, you can't sing or act or whatever. Like, who told you yes? I have one last question for you here. We're going to sort of wrap things up. So, when we first met you, you were just beginning your career as a sex educator. I was a baby. And now you're one of the more well known sex educators in the United States. Am I really? You are. <laughs> and you, you've grown immensely. And I think that. Lola that we first met is very different from the Lola now. Now, I want you to imagine that you're as old as Papa Ken here, (laughs) and you've been a sex educator for over 20 years. In 20 years, what do you think your life is going to be like as a sex educator, and what advice would you have for new sex educators? Oh, man. In 20 years, I hope... Because that's like, what, four times as long as you've been doing it now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That will be. I hope I'm not burnt out. Let's, let's put that on the table first. I hope I'm not burnt out. I hope I'm doing, I hope I'm still doing something I care about, but also making money doing that thing, because that would be great. My advice would be to not, it's like the business, even while I've been in it, I feel like things have changed. You know, like how, oh, they, have. how they, they have changed. Yeah, like sure. how we do things and how people um, do things. I think we're kind of in the era of, uh, it's like, we're like the celebrity chef era of cooking, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's names and that's how people identify with sex ed and they, they know names and they don't know about the thousands of other people out there doing the work we do, but in a quieter, not in the spotlight kind of way. Like we, we edge, we edutain. So that's why we're kind of yes, out there. All three of us are edutainers. We are edutainers. And I, and I, I think it's important to know what you want to, where you want to be, what you want to do and not compare yourself to someone who is so not in the lane that you're in. You know, like if you're deciding that you're taking the academic route, like you can't go look at like YouTube or read or anybody else who's kind of that you do TV and things like that and go, well, why does everybody know them? It's like, well, not everybody's going to know you if you have a private practice and you're still going to be doing good work and helping people and doing things and probably going to like talks and, and helping out within the community. But people aren't going to know you in the same way. That doesn't mean that you're not doing work that's just as good or as important. And I think that's super important because I, I get a lot of younger people who are now coming and asking me, like, how'd you get started? And yeah, me too, all the time. How'd you get started? And I want to do this. And I'm like, I'm like, well, what do you want to do? Cause I don't have a fucking degree. So don't take my route if you want to do something you actually need a fucking degree for. Like you can't do, <laughs> you can't do public health on street smarts you got to go to school for that so do you want to do like is that the lane you want to choose but realize it's not going to look like what i'm doing and i i think that's important for any all of us to know like even i have to remind myself i also have to remind myself i'm i've only been doing this for like five years maybe six are we going into six and that i'm not at 20 years and so why am I upset with myself when, you know, about why am I not doing that? Because, bitch, you've only been doing this for five years. Calm the fuck down. And, and you've been getting better every single year. Now, there's, And I did said that that was my last question. I lied. You lied. I actually have one more question for you. If you could give yourself, like you're going back, you're breaking the space-time continuum, going back five years, Prince is alive. 
David oh, Bowie is oh, Trump is not oh, a president. He's just wait, a reality. Wait, and then someone star. runs up to her and goes, hey, I'm Lola from the future. future. <laughs> yes, that's exactly where I was going. I'm Lola from the future. And you're going to tell yourself, baby Lola, one bit of advice. And that's all you have time for. One, one sentence. What do you say? Uh, it's not in regards to David Bowie. No. <laughs> Why would I tell past me about the horrors of 2017? No. Um, um, I would say just keep going Be- because I don't regret anything that I did and I don't regret any of the struggle. And I feel like the figuring it out on my own and like, the going through stuff the way I went through things is why I get better every year. It's why, like, I don't think if I had help or uh, more help or a secret that it, I would come out on the side that I've come out on. And and so I think it's just, it would have been nice back then to feel slightly less helpless or hopeless or can I do this? So that was, that would be what I, I would say. Oh, like yeah. just keep going. It just, turns just out keep okay. Doing it. Just wait. Yeah. Like <laughs> just keep swimming. That's awesome. Just keep swimming. Oh. Well, Lola, thank you for thank talking you for to us. Thank this you, is Lola. A, a very, a very enjoyable conversation. And where can all of our lovely, loyal listeners find you? See you next. Give us so all the good. If you want to see me naked occasionally, um, follow yeah. me on Twitter. I don't post as many titty pics as I used to. That's old Lola used to post a whole lot of titty pics. Older Lola's like, eh, every once in a while. But yeah, so naked pics. I, I don't believe you. I think I might need to see some just to be sure. <laughs> like if you could put some I'll up send today, some that later. would be awesome. Yeah, some just for old times <laughs> sake. Um, so yeah, titty pics, social justice, my la- latest hottest date. Twitter is like the space to find me. I'm at Dirty Lola. Um, same thing on Instagram. That's a lot of like the photographic evidence of my life. Sexatagogo.com is my website and you can find out about shows and appearances and things there. Yeah, I think that's it, right? Oh yeah, and I have a podcast. The live show Sex at a Go-Go gets re-aired as a podcast and you can find that on, we're on iTunes and Stitcher, swingset.fm and also my website. We put up all the, the podcasts as they come out. They're, they're there. So, yay. Awesome. Well, thanks, thank you. Lola. This was fun. And thank yep. you for being yay. on. Yay. God, that was like a blur. <laughs> <laughs> I never know how to end, Ken. You know, I listen to some podcasts and they have this great closing, like like the Jay and Tony show does like stamps.com. I don't know why. they. Do. It's just their thing. It's their shtick, you know, or they're like, you can't go they, home. They but get you money can't, from stamps.com. You can't. No, they don't. They don't? They, it's a joke. The joke started because they made fun of all the podcasts that have sponsors where they end it with stamps.com. And they just said that one day. And so now every episode they end with like, and we're done stamps.com. <laughs> and then they're done. <laughs> so, so, and they don't. Stamps.com is getting free advertising just like they're getting now. So, <laughs> what, if, what the fuck do we end our podcast with? We haven't come up with our shtick yet. We haven't come up with like a, a you know, an inside joke that everyone's in on yet. Anyone? It has to be something unique to you and Ken. I feel, and I feel like you have a lot. I think you're going to have to accidentally come into it. Like, yeah, I, I like the pussy posse right. didn't so. exist for like the first, most of the first year of Sex at a Go-Go. That was like an accidental... Uh-huh. I, like I needed to give a name and we figured it out. Like it was a moment of grace. It was. It, just it came was. To you. What do I call these people that are on stage behind me? Oh, hmm. I like alliteration. Pussy posse. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah. Okay. So one day the moment of grace will come to us and listeners, you can be there. Be there. Keep listening because one of these podcasts, you're going to witness that moment of grace. It's going to make it happen. Make right. it well, happen. goodbye, Lola. Love you. Love you too. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.